This episode, which features the 2020 Teacher of the Year in a Primary School winner, is sponsored by Randstad Education. Hello and welcome to the Education Conversation podcast, brought to you by the Teaching Awards Trust. This podcast explores the first-hand experiences and teaching insights of past Pearson National Teaching Award winners and leaders in education. Today we're catching up with our Teacher of the Year Gold winners, Alex Bramley from Spire Junior School, who won the Pearson National Teaching Award for Teacher of the Year in a Primary School, and Carrie ann Wilson from UTC Energy Coast, winner of the award for Teacher of the Year in a Secondary School. They'll be discussing how they got into teaching, the things they've learnt from lockdown, and their top tips for being a great teacher. So it's uh, Alex Bramley here uh, from Spire Junior School. Um, I won Primary School Teacher of the Year, and I hear you won an award too. I did. Um, so last year, so was the end of last year, um, I was the winner of the Pearson National Teaching Award for Secondary Teacher of the Year. I am at Energy Coast UTC, which is on the west coast of Cumbria, um, and we specialise in engineering um, as a college, as a UTC. That's an amazing achievement. So how did it feel winning that award? It was really, really bizarre, because uh, obviously on the footage, I think yours was on the previous night, so we kind of got a message through to school to say, oh, you, you know, make sure that you're watching it tonight kind of thing. Um, so I switched on the telly and obviously I seen yours and your wonderful footage and I thought, oh, I can't win because nobody's been to our school. Um, and then I just popped up on the telly, which was quite a surprise. It was lovely. Yeah, I bet. So that must have been amazing. So mine was slightly different. So I was told that they were coming in to film all of the Silver Award winners. Um, and I think my head teacher kind of kept it a bit of a secret from me, very sly, really. And uh, Matt Allwright just appeared in one of our assemblies with the awards, so it was it was a, a massive surprise for me. But I don't know about you, but I, for me, it's been a real honour because I know there's so many amazing teachers out there that do such a good job. So to be recognised as one of them is, you know, a real honour. Definitely. I mean, it's such a privilege to even be nominated. Like in terms of the first one where we had the interviews for like the Silver Award round, um, it was such a privilege and honour to even be recognised at that point in time. Because um, I don't know about your category, Alex, but in mine, we had lots of Zoom um, interviews and we had like a little bit of a, I think it was about a two hour slot and lots of different people obviously said really nice things about me, which is always reassuring. Um, but, you know, they spoke to parents and my head teacher, who was also for um, a silver award, actually, as was school, and they spoke to, you know, my colleagues and, and parents and students. And um, obviously what they said meant that I was you know, recognised with the gold, which was a fantastic achievement, but something that I feel is a real honour. And it's not just really a reflection of my achievements, it's like us as, a, as an entire school. Because obviously, as I'm sure you know, I think it's probably the same in the primary sector, but obviously my success as a teacher with my students relies on everybody talking to each other and everybody communicating and like being part of that team environment. Yeah. So you know, it was great for me to be recognised, but obviously in terms of our school community, it was a brilliant achievement for us all as well. I couldn't agree more, really. It's like, it was great to be recognised as an individual, but I agree with what you say. It, really, it comes down to the team. So some of those decisions that I've made and some of the teaching styles that I've adapted, if it wasn't for, you know, the flexibility of the head teacher, or if it wasn't for me being able to go and watch some of my colleagues and being inspired by them, then, you know, I probably wouldn't have had the recognition that I'd gained, really. So yeah, I'd agree. It definitely, you're almost the face of your school, if that makes sense, for, for winning the award. Yeah, it is. And um, it's it's something that's a little bit surreal, really, because I don't think anybody ever goes into teaching to be, you know, to be <laughs> recognised with an award or anything like that. Um, but it's just amazing. I feel like, especially in, you know, in the aftermath of, of Corona and everything in that first wave, 
you yeah. know, coming back into school. And I think it was the end of November time. Um, it really gave our community like a, a huge lift um, and like a real buzz about the place because uh, we'd obviously got back into face-to-face teaching for that period of time. And it was yeah. something that we could all do and celebrate all together um, more than anything. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there, definitely. You said that nobody goes into teaching to win an award, which I completely agree with. So why did you go into teaching? It started, I was inspired by my teacher. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was a 13-year-old in one of the local schools. I live in the same area as I grew up in. I teach in the same area as I grew up in as well, but obviously a different school um, at this point in time. But I was inspired by my teacher. I thought she was just the most amazing human being on earth. And the way she made me feel as a student in her class, it was as if like someone genuinely believed in me. And it was that self-belief that she instilled in me that really made me decide I, I want to go into teaching as a career pathway. Yeah. So it was kind of, I suppose, something I always knew I wanted to do from almost like the age of 13. Um, what about yourself? What made so, you want yeah, to go into teaching? I, I think it's weird because when you speak to most teachers, a lot of them can pinpoint maybe one or two teachers for them that were really inspirational. And I'm the same. So for me, there was an art teacher at my secondary school that just had that interest of their pupils at the forefront of everything that they did. And, you know, class of 30 kids, but being in that class was as if you were the only kid in there. You really, really mattered to that, you know, that teacher. She was genuinely interested in everything, not just the art lesson, how you were getting on generally in school, how your home life was. And actually, I can remember talking to her about careers and, and she said, you've got to do a job that you enjoy because you're doing it for the rest of your life and you work for a long time in your life. And it just, you know, it hit home with me and I thought, yeah, I do. I need to do something that I enjoy. And for me, it's one thing I enjoy was learning. I've always been through school and always enjoyed learning. And I think the job of a teacher, you never actually stop learning. You're constantly thinking on your feet. You're constantly having to adapt. You know, it, for example, I taught Buddhists last week in RE and I have to, you know, learn about it. I have to think, right, how am I going to teach this? How is it going to be accessible to all my pupils? Um, and I think the other thing for me is teaching for me is a job where every day is different. So I knew I didn't want to go into a job that was quite monotonous. For me, I'm quite an active person and I like to be challenged. And I think if I'd have gone into a job where every day was the same, I would have probably got quite bored. Whereas I don't know about you, but as a teacher, I don't know what's going to be thrown at you. You don't. And that is one of the absolute benefits of working with young people. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got very different age groups, but for me, exactly the same as you. Every single day is different. And I think that's kind of one of the joys of teaching, that you have that opportunity to to really get to know the students on a personal level and what motivates them and what really annoys them as well. Um, And obviously tailoring your teaching to make sure that you you meet their personalised needs and you you kind of really hone into those those areas that they enjoy the most and to obviously get the most out of them as well. Yeah, definitely. Who inspired you? Are you still in touch with them? I am actually, yeah. uh, it's It's a secondary school that's near me. Um, and I do occasionally just pop in. Obviously, I've not been able to recently, but I do occasionally pop in. And she's actually recently put me in touch with a member of her class who's now gone on to be an artist uh, as a career path. Um, and actually, she's doing a Zoom art class with my class tomorrow, actually. Oh, that'd um, be amazing. So that'd be really nice. Yeah. So, yeah. But I've still got so much respect for her. And as soon as she found, as soon as I found out I'd won the award, she was like the first one of the first persons I contacted. I was like, right, I need to let her know. She'll be thrilled. Yeah, I so, was yeah. exactly the same. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? But even now, like, I've got so much respect 
in the same way that you obviously yeah. do have for your art teacher as well. How do you think the last year's like impacted you and your students then with obviously all this lockdown and coronavirus? How, how do you think it's affected them? I think it's kind of twofold really. So obviously we've we've had the obvious of not being in for face-to-face -face lessons for whole classes um, and we've had the remote hub um, and then online learning on Zoom and everything. Yeah. Um, we've had yeah. our challenges in terms of ensuring that all of our students have got the technology and the access to um, to broadband and internet connectivity and everything yeah. um, for the practical side of it. But I think more than that, what I've noticed coming back after the, this uh, previous lockdown, just in the last couple of weeks, um, is that the students rely on those relationships, those face-to-face -face relationships, not just with other teachers, but also each other on that social level. Definitely. And for some Definitely. of them, the, you know, that they've almost felt like a little bit isolated at home by themselves in their own rooms, you know, as much as we adults have experienced that isolation, the students have as well. Yeah. And I think for them, getting back to face-to-face -to -face teaching, it's really kind of reignited, you know, that opportunity to, like, to socialise, to speak yeah. to their peers, to find out that everybody's been in the same boat as them. Because, you know, as much as WhatsApp and Snapchat, they talk over that all the time, um, it, it's just not the same as being able to see people face-to-face, -face, even behind a mask now. <laughs> I'd agree. I'm, I'm quite a big advocate of, like, cooperative learning. I like to include quite a lot of, you know, talk for writing and Kagan techniques in my classroom. And obviously, being online, they've not had that opportunity to talk about their work and classroom discussions and... So as soon as I got mine back, that was my biggest emphasis. I was like, right, you need to actually talk to your peers. You need to work together and, and building up that cooperative learning again. Because like you say, it's that socialising, isn't it? Um, it is, definitely. But I don't know about you, but I've been so proud of how the children have just adapted. Like, they've been so flexible. You know, I can't imagine how that must have been as a child to have just mm -hmm. adapted and like, right, okay, I need to get on with it. I'm online. And I mean, my class and our school have just been amazing. They've really, really just dealt with it so well. I think what it's probably taught us as well is that the students are so much more resilient than we ever give them credit for. Um, the way that they've adapted and responded and, you know, really been resilient throughout that entire time is something that I'm super proud of, you know, in terms of yeah. our kids in our yeah. school community, um, as I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And I don't know about you, but there are a few things that actually we've done and looked back and thought, why, why did we not do it this way before? So like spellings, for example. Um, we always used to send our spellings home on a piece of paper. Kids lost it. It was a nightmare. And then they couldn't learn the spellings. And then, oh, they arrived on a Thursday and, oh, I, I didn't get my spellings this week. Oh, you definitely did. And actually now we've started putting them on that online platform and the kids have just got access to them at home. And we've, you know, thought, why did we not just do it this way in the first place? So sometimes, like, in a way, it's, it's been a, a learning curve, but some of the things we're, we're keeping in place, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think we've been very much the same as well. So we've been, uh, we moved to an iPad one-to-one -one scheme um, in September. So it really shoved us in the right direction for using yeah. them remotely yeah. as well. Um, but we've obviously invested in one of the online platforms and it's meant that some of our subject areas, because being an engineering college, um, we've got a few of the BTEC courses. Um, so in terms of like exercise books and things like that, it's like, why have we got exercise books when all of their coursework and everything they need to do is on a laptop essentially or an iPad. Um, yeah. So we've started to really adapt our teaching and learning puzzle of that. Um, so that we've got exercise books that are actually on on the iPad and, and delivery of like resources, etc. as well. And I think our finance director is going to be delighted when the photocopy goes down. Because um, obviously we can push them all out to the iPads and everything now, which is yeah. brilliant. 
Yeah, um, no, definitely. We did, yeah, one of the things that we, we did struggle with that we've had to kind of adapt um, is the idea of work experience because obviously that's a big part of our curriculum yeah. and we explicitly yeah. teach employability skills. Um, so for us in English, um, as the years have gone on, we've kind of got more of a 60-40 split with boys and girls. Um, when I first arrived at the UTC, it was about 80% boys. So teaching English, it was really thinking about how can I invest in the students and make them invest in English as a subject rather than it just being oh we're doing Shakespeare today or yeah we're going to read this book and what does it mean um so we really had to think about how we could tailor our curriculum and one of the ways that we did that was through employability skills um, and one of those is explicitly teaching communication um, so we've had the students doing their online presentations to one another um, and we've even had the opportunity for them to be able to do it to employers um, so they've pitched to employers virtually which you know if we hadn't had that opportunity through lockdown um, to move to more of the online platform we probably would yeah. never have thought about doing it that way previously yeah. but in terms of outreach we've got a lot more outreach now as well Good. because yeah I mean know, that's fantastic we we're very similar at our school we, we really do like to raise aspirations for some of our children and and just show them like different career options and different paths that they can go down. Um, and in the past, we have like, you know, struggled to get people into school with, you know, we've had some different people. We've had a nurse before and we've um, we've had a maths teacher and, you know, a lot of them are very generic career paths that you might go down. Um, but this obviously during this lockdown, we've, we've had to adapt to that. And actually as a teaching staff, we've, we've got in touch with different people. And actually all we've asked for is just a three minute video and because it means they've not got to come into school, we've now got like, like a montage of, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 different, you know, people in different careers just talking about what skill sets they've got and, and why they went into that job and why they enjoy doing their job. Um, and actually, that's really helped some of our kids. So we've had like pilots and, and all sorts of different ones that we that would have never got them in school. But because it was just a three minute video, uh, like you say, we've had loads of people on board with it. So that's been brilliant. Well, if you ever need any for engineering or construction yeah. um, or the design sector, then just let me know and we can send oh. you them over because obviously we've got them in existence now too. I will. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, what do you think the effect of winning your award been on like you and your school? I think for for me personally, um, starting in September, so following on from like the, the silver awards, um, yeah. I applied for a new role in school. So this year, starting in September, I got a promotion um, to vice principal. Now, I don't think that was necessarily because I was nominated, but I think probably the nomination gave me the reassurance that the confidence, I had yeah. potential to go for it. So I think on a personal level, it probably gave me a little bit of self-belief in myself that I was ready for the next step in my career and that, you know, I had the respect of my colleagues, etc., um, to go for that promotion within school. Um, but I think for our community as well, it kind of, in terms of local links, obviously as a UTC, we recruit students of 14 years old to come to us from the previous secondary school. Um, so obviously we've got quite a lot of publicity locally. And as there is, well, I'm not saying it's a direct result of that or anything, but obviously getting our name out there in the paper um, yeah. and on like the local TV and stuff like that, it's meant that for September, we're actually oversubscribed now. So Which is brilliant. Yeah, it's the school name more than anything in our community yeah. because, as we talked about earlier on, it's not just me. It's like it's everyone within within school as our community working together. I think it's definitely like like you say, it's that self belief and that confidence. I think not just me. I think all of our staff have now got that confidence of like we are doing it right. You know what? Like a lot of the time, you you do things and you think I don't know if this is the right thing, but it's you know I think it's having an impact on my my students. 
Uh, and I think now we, you know, we're probably more willing to take those risks to think, you know, we are yeah. doing something right. And yeah, we'll try it this way. And if it doesn't work, we'll learn from those mistakes and, you know, and we'll better ourselves. But yeah, definitely, definitely built in confidence. And like you say, some publicity for the school. Um, it has definitely, you know, done us well. We've had, uh, we've got a reading vending machine, uh, like a reading book vending machine that the children can get. Books oh, is from. that like a literally a dispenser? Literally a vending machine, yeah. Um, that is amazing. Got books in it. And we've had loads of authors contact us because they've seen that we, you know, we've won the award uh, and they've donated books to us, which has been, you know, brilliant. But even just like local people in the community have, have been in and have dropped out biscuit hampers off and things like that to congratulate us. And th those community links are like priceless, really. So that's been really nice. Yeah, really nice. It is. I think as well, like in our team, um, within my team, like team English, we call ourselves, but um, like within my team of the members of staff that I work with, my colleagues are absolutely amazing. And to me, they are inspirational. Um, and the, the joint school is NQTs and I've kind of trained them up and they are just amazing individuals. And I just think that, you know, as much as I won the award, they in their own right could win it as well because, you know, they're just fantastic. So here's a tough one then. As an award-winning teacher... What would you say your top tips are for being a great teacher? I think that relationships are the absolute pinnacle of being a successful teacher. Um, I think that instilling a belief in every student, facilitating every single opportunity for progress, yeah. um, inspiring, giving them the opportunity to you know, go extracurricular um, outside of the classroom is absolutely fundamental to success um i think that the relationships that are built inside the classroom and um, those opportunities that you facilitate for students outside of the classroom are just as important and um, so with us being upon the west coast of cumbria out in the sticks um yeah. we don't have a lot in terms of like accessible around us so if we want to go on a theater trip um you know we've got, we've got to put the miles in to get there uh, but what we usually do every year is a residential to london and for some of our students it's the first time they've been out of the county um, yeah. So it'll be not last year, the year before now. Um, some of the students who we took, the students who on paper you would go, should I really take them to London or not? But it's given every single child the opportunity um, and given them the opportunity to rise to the occasion in terms of those aspirations like you were talking about yeah. before. So, um, so for me, that's number one. What about you? Yeah, I'd, I would agree. I think, like you say, building relationships and providing those opportunities and experiences for children is so important. Um, I think skill set of being a teacher, I think you've got to be creative. I think it's important to be organized. And I would probably say it's really important to be a team worker. And probably one of the most important things for me is like being self-reflective, um, you know, reflecting on your practice um, and reflecting on what works and what doesn't and being prepared to share that with others, really. I think that like when you train teachers, so we've just had some training teachers with us and it's, you know, almost being fearless that you know try something and if it doesn't work just change it and adapt it it's not the end of the world but I think it's better to try and fail than to never you know go yeah. down that avenue in the first place which is I, what we probably tell our kids to do as well yeah <laughs> definitely yeah definitely well it's been lovely to speak with you uh, and like and I say I'm, I'm definitely going to be in contact for those construction and engineering people so thank you no problem I might want some links for boots too that's fine that's fine <laughs> thank you anyway no problem, nice speaking to you, Ali. At Ramstad Education, 
As the world's leading global recruiter, we work hard to provide high-quality teaching, leadership, support and non-teaching staff to primary, secondary and SEN schools, multi-academy trusts and federations. Our goal is to help unlock a world of exciting career opportunities for our candidates, whilst ensuring our clients have top-class support both inside and outside of the classroom. We are proud of the work teachers and support staff do each day, and by supporting the awards, we are pleased to get a chance to give a more formal thank you to these teachers. We are not just a recruiter, but a career guide and a recruitment partner. To find out more, search Randstad Jobs. Some really great tips there for current or future teachers. Thanks so much to Alex and Kerry-Ann for taking the time out of their busy teaching schedule to chat for us. If you'd like to find out more about the Pearson National Teaching Awards, you can visit teachingawards.com. Entries have now closed for the 2021 awards, but you can register your interest on our website and we'll contact you when entries reopen later this year. We also run the Thank a Teacher campaign all year round, a campaign which allows you to send a free thank you e-card to someone working in the school. We're gearing up for National Thank a Teacher Day on June 16th, so do visit thankateacher.co.uk to find out how to get involved. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media to stay up to date with the work of the Teaching Awards Trust. For Pearson National Teaching Awards on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Teaching Awards. And for Thank a Teacher, it's at UK Thank a Teacher on Twitter and at Thank a Teacher UK on Instagram. A full list of all our social media handles for LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram can be found in the show notes. So do follow us to stay up to date with our work. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Education Conversation. We'll be back with a new episode soon. But until then, goodbye.